0: My brother Frank, he was 10 years older than me, came in in the afternoon. I'm sitting there watching my cartoons on the black and white zenith. And uh, he comes in, and and they would put an album back then, as you're surely aware, in a brown sleeve. When he he got an album, it came in a brown sleeve. He he comes by me, and he turns the volume down on the black and white zenith. Much to my dismay. Not a happy (laughs) seven-year-old that my cartoons turned down. And he heads over to the console. He pulls this album out. I'm sitting there stewing. And uh, he puts it on the turntable. And why he chose not to start the album from the beginning, I, I to this day don't know. He dropped the needle on a sound that went... Do, 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 and it was Spirits in the Night. And... Why that sound grabbed me as a seven-year-old kid, I cannot tell you. Is all I know is that it did, and uh, and, and that started my ride with uh, with Bruce.
1: everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, but mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me is a new friend. Um, Ed reached out to me via email, said that he was enjoying the show, and much to his, I think, delight. But uh, I warn you, if you send me an email, you're going to get an email back going, hey, when can you be on the show? So welcome to the podcast, Ed.
0: That's a true story. You will get an email. (laughs) And and, and to my delight, it's a a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm honored to be involved in anything concerning Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and, 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 and fans alike.
1: Oh, that sounds great. So tell us a little about yourself. Um. So when, when,
0: when I emailed you, I mentioned uh, uh, a little bit about me before Bruce Springsteen. Listen, I'm a guy. I, I actually get to work in the entertainment industry. And uh, uh, that happened to me a little later in life. But I'm, uh, I, I'm a guy that uh, grew up in a Hard Knock neighborhood in Darby in southwest Philly. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I was the youngest of uh, two brothers and a sister who were eight. 10 and 12 years older than me and uh yeah I, I, I had two parents one good parent one uh, w- w- one was a bit of a werewolf and uh and 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 life went on and, and I got involved in all kinds of things uh some bad some good and uh you know along the way I uh ended, ended up in some troubles but I always came out of those troubles and uh was fortunate later on in life to uh, have had a daughter born into my life, and uh, she she's been nothing but a constant source of joy. And uh, and then and then later on down the road, I got to be what's called a stagehand, and that's oh, what nice. I am today. I'm a stagehand. I'm a, a I actually union member, local oh. aid here in Philadelphia. Nice. And, now, uh, where are you a stagehand it, at? It, 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 it's a it's a fun business to be part of, and yeah. I'm very fortunate got to be. Be a rank and file union member here.
1: Absolutely. Now, where are you a stagehand at? In, in Philadelphia. Okay. So For I, different I, venues?
0: I, yeah. I, I go around from venue to venue, wherever wherever the work's at. How um, much
1: has COVID-19 hurt you? Heavy impact
0: on us. I bet. Heavy impact on the whole industry. Sure. On the whole industry. And, uh, we, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on things. Uh, of course, a vaccine would uh, solve many problems as far as getting people back together.
1: Yes, there's,
0: absolutely. There's nothing, yeah, as you well know, there's nothing like live entertainment. You can park as many cars next to each other and try to have a show, which we have done. Um, but there is nothing like being shoulder to shoulder, singing and dancing and sweating and, 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 and feeling that energy inside a room when uh, when there's a band up on, on the stage doing their thing. You know,
1: and, uh, yeah, you know, I had um, Maureen Van Zant on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she talked about she went to a show that you know there was they were separated, and you were kind of like in your own little section, and she said just, yeah it just didn't feel the same because you didn't right, have sure. that connection. Sure,
0: there there, there is there's, there's that mystical connection of music and the human spirit bring together that uh it, it just it just makes it unique there, there's not there's nothing like the show
1: uh absolutely yes. so uh i gotta start so philadelphia area you an eagles fan
0: i am uh. I am, and I have noticed from some of your writing, you are a Cowboys fan.
1: Yes, uh, though that's okay. Um, as my giant friends, my friends who are giant fans, and and I have friends who are Eagles fans, the the love of Bruce transcends the NFL.
0: <laughs> you know? if, 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 I, if, if I can tolerate Chris Christie being who he is as a Cowboys fan,
1: I can, I can appreciate anybody being a, a Springsteen
0: fan. So, okay. yeah.
1: Um, so we won't oh, spend yeah. too much long on this, but um, it's not a good season for the NFC East, is it? It is
0: not. It is not. It, yeah, between the team that lost their nickname and, yes. and my team and your team, uh, yeah. it's, it, it, it's been pretty hideous so far.
1: So uh, one of the – I'm a big um, – the sports radio station I listen to here in Dallas is the ticket, right. and um, they – one of them had a theory that the um, the tie your Eagles got will end up yeah. being the difference. Like you, you guys will have a half a point better than anyone else in the East and will win the division <laughs> right. because you guys had a tie. <laughs> in,
0: in one of the worst games I've ever seen, by the way. It was just yeah. a horrendous game all the way around. And yeah. and yeah, we may we may benefit from that. However, however, yes neither th- one of our teams are good enough to win the Super Bowl. And and I could tell my friends, it's good. This is not the year you want to have a parade anyway.
1: Exactly. So, good point. Um yeah. so my you know, my son adores the Cowboys and and right. he um And I've told this story multiple times. He was born in '89, and he is quick to tell you, February of '89, he was born during the Landry era. He was, Jerry Jones bought the team two weeks after he was born. Um, And so, funny, yesterday at work, um, it was Saint and Sinner Day. You know, it's Halloween week as we're recording this. And. So, you could either dress as a saint or a sinner. And uh, I wore my Roger Staubach throwback jersey, and I said, I can't think of a better saint than Staubach. (laughs) I'm trying not to throw up, Jesse. I understand. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so. um,
0: You're you're a legitimate Cowboys fan. You live in Dallas. Yes. You're from somewhere. It's the Cowboys fans that are up here amongst me. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that rubbed me the wrong
1: way. Absolutely. So. Um so and then one last thing and then we'll move to Bruce. Um yeah. there is a the local station I do um do a wonderful I think and you will either hate it or you'll say yes, that is. They do uh the touchdown brothers, which are um parody of Philadelphia sports station. And they're <laughs> they're always like, Oh, You know, like back in the day, like Andy Reid, like they were like, Wade Phillips, that's man, that is a horrible coach. He is so he is such a poor specimen. Now, like Andy Reid, that is a good looking man. And so uh, it is so funny. And we're just laughing because, um, you know, the Cowboys need to be ripped. They're always talking about it and. They always have uh, Sal with South Philly call and it says, "Can I ask you guys a question?" Sure. Do the Cowboys suck or what? <laughs> and like, you know, great question, great question. It is truly a. I, I, there is so much. There is so much rivalry. Of you know of the team that you doesn't have a name anymore, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. You know, it,
0: it, it's a lot of fun, isn't
1: it? It is. It I mean, is a lot it, of fun. It, 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 it,
0: it's good sports hate.
1: You know yes. that you're
0: allowed to have. You know, if you're allowed to hate in this world, it's in sports. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a lot. Of, we we enjoy it up here. Let me tell you, an Eagles Cowboys week, no matter what the record is, is always a fun fun
1: in week absolutely so as we're doing this yeah we got that coming up this week well um you mentioned growing up so talk to me a little bit like um you know g- growing up where you were where, was there you mentioned you had one good parent you had one not so good parent talk about mm-hmm. what what kind of how was the music in your house growing up yeah. as a kid yeah it was it, it was eclectic
0: um, okay. it was it was bing crosby and frank sinatra it was the beach boys and the Beatles. Um, it was Sam cook. It was the Shirelles, Ron X, Aretha Franklin. Um, it it, it was a nice, the, you know, the doors, Jeff Rotol, all, all these albums got played on this RCA console that we had, you know, with the stereo built into it and the, and the turn cable built in there. And, uh, and, and and that's the, that's the turntable. If, if you don't mind, I'll, t- I'll tell the, the a quick, sto- quick oh, story. Please.
1: About- this show is no. all about stories, Ed. So
0: please. <laughs> how, how Bruce actually came into my life. Yeah. So I was a seven year old kid sitting on the, the floor of my living room in my, in the row home I grew up in. My brother, Frank, he was 10 years older than me. Uh, Came in in the afternoon. I'm sitting there watching my cartoons on the black and white zenith. And uh, he comes in and, and, and they would put an album back then, as you're surely aware, in a brown sleeve. When he when got an album, it came in a brown sleeve. And and, and the big guy came walking through. He you know, entered their house in the, in, in the back door It was the kitchen first, then the living room. I mean, I'm sorry, then the dining room, then the living room. And I'm in the living room and he, he comes by me and he turns the volume down on the black and white zenith. Yes. Much to my dismay. Not a happy seven year old. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: That my cartoons turned down and he heads over to the console and, uh, he pulls this album out and, uh, I'm sitting there stewing and, uh, he puts it on the turntable and why he, Chose not to start the album from the beginning. I, I, to this day, don't know. Um, but he started, he dropped the needle on a sound that went, do, 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 and it was Spirit in the Night. And why that sound grabbed me as a seven year old kid, I cannot tell you. Is all I know is that it did. And, uh, and, and that started my ride with uh with Bruce and my my brother my, my brother Frank that that I'm talking about he was he was uh, just about 18 at that time he just maybe just turned 18 and uh so in the ensuing so couple years there in 73 74 he was going to get to see Bruce at the main point legendary shows he was going to get to see him at Westchester College and Widener College, and, uh, and you know, and, and a few other small venue places, uh, and that that uh, I of course never got to see Bruce Springsteen and E Street Band play at. Um, if there's any jealousy in my heart concerning anything, it's it, it's that I wasn't old enough to be there for those shows, you know. But uh, you kind of got to write that one off.
1: You know um, what I love, Ed, is first off, I picture that. who's
0: please um, please called. Please
1: call me Doc. All right, Doc. So one I of the things you. I love is that um, it sounds like I'm a few years older than you. Uh, I was born in '59, and I do remember my parents, you know, having this massive console. Right? You had the TV yeah. in one, you know, and then you lift up the side, and there was the turntable. And then the other side was like the AM/FM radio, and mm-hmm. um, it so that makes me smile the other thing that i love is um this is a common theme ed no matter when you there is a regret or a wistfulness that you could have seen bruce more often right like i have had like i had a guy that was just on as we're recording this like last week he talked about he was uh a, an, a working at an AP grocery store in the Jersey area and all his buddies like, Oh, you need to go see this Bruce guy. You need to see this Bruce guy. And he, he said, I'm from Brooklyn. I know I don't need to see anybody from Jersey. <laughs> and he said that he missed all those early shows. <laughs> so yeah, you at least were like, yeah, I mean, you know, you couldn't convince your 18 year old brother to bring his, his little kid brother to the show. Right. Like, yeah. Like give me into the bar. Come on, dude. I just tell him I got to tell him, t- tell him I have a, a you know, a growth complex it's like yeah 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 you know <laughs> not, not quite yet but he does
0: get me to my first show the first time bruce headlines the spectrum in philadelphia which is 1970 october 1976 very so, nice and, and, now how old would you yeah. have been then i i just it, my birthday was october 21st and i was inside the spectrum mm-hmm. with uh my brother frank and two of his buddies um Oh, on October twenty fifth. Four days later, my 11, I was eleven years old.
1: How very cool! By yeah, the way, cool. as we're recording this, it's the twenty eighth. So happy birthday, a little bit late. Oh, so yeah, it. um, that's that's awesome. Um, so awesome. it it sounds like your brother, um, helped feed that Bruce, um, fandom. I won't call it obsession or passion. It sounds like he. He helped feed that to you. He,
0: he he was the power source behind me getting involved with Bruce, and uh, and and as as time went on, he he wasn't so much involved with uh, the East Street Nation, but yeah. uh but 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 my 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 experiences in, in the East Street Nation continued to grow and expand and 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 uh, just a world of fun just a world of fun.
1: So as you're growing up and you're now, you know, like you're hitting 16, you're getting 18, you're hitting, you know, your, um, uh, teenage years and older. So I continue, I take it, Bruce continued to be something that you were a fan of. He,
0: he, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, he, he became my number one guy, you know, all, all the other bands that I liked, they, they were, they were all right. They were good, you know, and, and I went to a lot of different concerts and, sure. uh, but, but it, was, it was it was Bruce that was the guy he, you know I was identified as a Bruce Springsteen fan you know and uh you know if you wanted to know anything about what was going on with Bruce you checked with doc Doc yeah. would tell you and uh it' always always fun to th- talk about yourself in the third person so you know.
1: <laughs> but I understand what you're saying doc yeah. um so yeah. I you've you've kind of already expressed this but you know, I assume your brother may have heard Spirit in the Night on the radio, and that's why when he bought the album, he played it first. But you've actually given some thought about this. So you can't tell me why that song spoke to seven-year-old uh, you. But have you uh, given thought to, as you continue to grow and learn, what about Bruce Captivated You?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's a... Uh, it, it's a great question, and it's the stories was the initial thing. You know, um, I, I, it wasn't his voice. It wasn't the sound. There it, it was, it was a story in there, and uh, like, like like just as an example, Spirit in the Night, is a story about, you know, friends getting together, having fun, that kind of thing. Uh, Lost in the Flood, which was also on that album, as you well know. It's a story about you know guys coming home from Vietnam, and uh, and and the you know the kind of vacant look they had in their eyes returning home and to a a life that was a little different than the one they were experiencing over in uh, South Asia, sure and uh, Southeast Asia, excuse me, and uh, and I saw some of that in my neighborhood of guys returning home from there. And uh, so there there was all that going on around and and, and it was the stories within the songs that, that really drew me to constantly (laughs) seek out his music. You know Um, there was a story being told there of other people's lives that he, he seemed to have some understanding of. And uh, I think maybe, you know, in, in my little life, I was, Trying to have some understanding of what was going on in in, in the world that uh, I was in, and uh, you yeah, know I felt I always felt Bruce kind of hit home to the places that I knew.
1: Did so, so I always like to preface this uh, question with a little bit of. Uh, You know, I believe that the amount of times you've seen Bruce live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. Uh, You living in Philly, you probably have, in your age, you had a lot of chances to see him. There's people that grew up in Canada or California or like in the south in Texas that may not have had many people that are older. Economic situations, everything can affect how often you've seen him. But for the record, do you know how many times you've seen him live? i do okay 54
0: 54 and a half
1: 54 and a half okay there has to be a story in the half <laughs> there's always a story Jeff. that is what i'm here for so continue yeah,
0: yeah. well the, the, the half show one was tunnel love tour he was in for two nights i had a ticket for one night i went down there to see if i could buy a ticket off a of scalper uh on the other night and uh Was unsuccessful. They really the scalper. The show was sold out, and there really wasn't any tickets to be had. And uh, so I spent the first half of the show um, like the ear pressed to the door, you know, the big door, trying to hear what was going on. And and I could hear the show a little bit. And I'm like, I got to get in there. So uh, yeah, I had a few ducats in my pocket, and I I went, I went to the door, and uh, the old Spectrum. Right at the door where you would enter, there was a turnstile, and and the security guy right on the right on the other side of that, and it, security and a ticket taker, and uh, I uh, you know, I said, listen, I gotta get in there, and uh, and the guy says, how, how much you got on? And I said, uh, here, here, I got I got fifty right here, and uh, he, he took my fifty, and in the show I went and got to hang out with a guy who was a legend in Philadelphia, uh, radio a fellow by the name of Ed Shocky. Okay. And, uh, Ed, Ed, Ed played a, 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 real important role in Bruce's early career. And, uh, as far as getting his stuff played on the radio. And, uh, so I, I, I didn't have a seat, so I kind of stood, stood in the aisle and Ed was on the end of the aisle I was at. And, uh, and, and, and the show went on and uh, enjoyed the rest of the night, and, and that's that little half the show story.
1: So what I'm laughing at is uh, it's a tunnel of love show, and uh, I'm thinking of all that heaven will allow, Right. Because he's going there, yeah, right. say, hey there, Mr. Buncer. now I want to do his dance. Yeah, oh you know, God. come on, Slim, let me in. I'll make it up to you sometime, you know. Uh, you, of course, he didn't have to do that. Uh, yeah. That is great. That is really funny, and I love that you call it half the show, right?
0: Yeah. I, I, I had another show where, where I got to see a whole show yeah. without pain. Without oh, even okay.
1: To
0: and, uh. That that was that was on the reunion tour.
1: Okay. And what happened? Like
0: yes, please. So yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so the, the Bruce come Bruce coming to town for five shows, at what is now the Wells Fargo Center, and one show at the uh, Spectrum. So right. it's, it's going to be a uh, six nights, five in one building, one in the other, and. I have tickets for the 16th at the Spectrum. This is September 99, the 16th at the Spectrum, the 21st at the New Place, and the 25th at the New Place. So I'm working at at a bar restaurant at the time, and there were shows on the 13th and 15th, which I did not have tickets for. And people would come into the bar after the show telling me how oh, great the show was. So I, I really can't wait till, till the 16th to the sixteenth to go. And uh the sixteenth comes and a hurricane comes through the area canceling the spectrum show. So now I'm gonna to have to wait to the twenty first to go soon. So the twentieth arrives and he's go, he's he's got a show that night. And I got money in my pocket, and, uh, but I don't have a ticket. So I head over to Philly, go drink for a little while at a buddy of mine's uh, uh, bar, and then uh, hop, on, hop on the Broad Street subway and down to the uh, sports complex area I go. And I get down there, and a band called Backstreets is playing outside in a tent. And uh, I go in, I hang out with them for a little while. And uh, I have not yet been in this new building that's been built. It's been open for three or four years, but I haven't been in there yet. I've only ever been in the spectrum. I haven't been in there for a Flyers or Sixers game or a concert. And so I go and I scope the situation out, and I see that no longer at the doors are turnstiles. They're, they're set in a little ways, about, I don't know, 10, 10 to 12 feet. And uh, and they're on a bias, they're on an angle, and from where the last turnstile is to the wall is nothing but an extension band. So and not much security on, uh, hanging around. So I, I I go I go back outside and I have a little conversation with with a, with a, the the guy to my understanding, and uh, I says uh, you know God, uh, you think I can uh, sneak in this show tonight? And uh, he says well. Why don't you give it a try? And uh, I went through the doors. I ducked under that little extension band and I'm walking down the corridor and I'm waiting for the hand on the shoulder.
1: Sure. Like, you know, this is okay. This, <laughs>
0: I know how this is going to end. I, I, I'm almost positive. I'm not going to get away with this. But show a little faith. There's magic in the night. And down the corridor, I go and, I see one of the VOMs. Uh, uh, I, I walk through there, and to the right of me is a, a young lady in a in a wheelchair. She's you know in the handicap section there, and there's an usher, ticket taker, uh, you know director you know, director of your seat kind of person there. Yeah. And uh, we all say hello, and she the ticket lady doesn't ask me for a ticket. I says, you got a problem with me hanging out here?" She says, "No, not at all." And uh, the house lights go down. Out comes Bruce and the band. And they open up with candy's room and go right into Adam raised the cane. And we had a ball. <laughs> that <laughs> is awesome. Event, and it, that was great. It was, it was just a great night. And, and, I, and I still to this day am uh, amazed that there was no hand on my shoulder telling me I had to go.
1: That is awesome. That is that's that's so funny. That and,
0: uh, is great. I'm always willing to pay to get into a show, but sometimes you can't get a ticket. And yes, uh, circumstances led to that occasion. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, you, you, you've, you're past where they can, uh, charge you for trespassing, right? <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, so. Well, yeah.
0: And, and, and what, once I see the house lights go down, I know I'm good. Yeah, Nothing absolutely. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Long, but with the house lights up, I'm six foot five. I'm pretty easy to, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. You know, I'm never thrilled when the cops show up. We'll take that. Way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> At six foot five, they, they pick you yeah, out pretty exactly.
1: quick. Yeah, exactly. So, is um any other stories from shows? Oh,
0: yeah, sure, sure. I uh, You know, the, the the very first show, I, I, that, that that that's such a, a blaze. Um. I don't have a whole lot from that. He opened that show up with a song he doesn't play. He opened the show up with "Night" that night, right? Um, and and I, I remember that. Um, it, you know, not one of the heralded songs of, of Bruce's career, but 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 that, you know that that was my first introduction to Bruce playing live. And uh, but here one night. August uh, with my brother Frank again, in uh, August of seventy eight. We're there, show's going on. It's a great show, and Bruce says, "Hey, guys, uh, special somebody we're going to bring out here, and uh, just uh, he star of a new movie." And out comes Gary Busey. Oh, how funny! Busey, who had who had just his uh the Buddy Holly story had just come out? Absolutely, and let me. Oh, and they ripped it up when uh, they played Rave On and uh, uh, one or two other songs. And it was a blast just to have, you know, that that action going on. Uh, um,
1: That's a nice memory. Um, I, I, I've talked about this before, that um, we we had saw the Buddy Holly story with Bo- Bo- Gary Busey at the theater and had loved it. That was my first exposure to Buddy Holly. And, um, and was amazed at the music. I know that they filmed a lot of that, the music live and I would have loved, I, I would go crazy. I still do with Buddy Holly music. That, that, that would be fun. That would be a great memory.
0: One one of the shows I got to put in a theater up here at the, the oldest working theater in in, in America called the Walnut Street Theater. I got to put the Buddy Holly story in. Oh, nice. yeah, but it was it was great. And then what what one of the perks of of working at that venue is if you put the show in, um, and you want tickets for the show, they will hold tickets for you. Oh and, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, me and the girl, me, me, and Marlena, uh, we went, we sat first row, at, uh, at at that show, and it was awesome. It was a great, great show. Yeah. And, you,
1: know, you mentioned your daughter. Is she a Springsteen fan? My daughter, my daughter is a Springsteen fan. Um, originally,
0: probably by proxy. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. Um, but I got her to her first show in 2012. Okay. Um, once again, in September, and and that was at outdoor shows uh, at, at at the ballpark at the Citizens at the Philly Stadium. Okay. And uh, and I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing about that show. Yeah, you know, I've seen seen Bruce 54 and a half times. It's the only time I ever seen Bruce come out on stage when I could tell at the start of the show that he was tired. You could tell. Um, I could tell, and and I, I didn't have we didn't have great seats that night. We we're in the middle of the middle of the field, and uh, but he, 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 when when you get to know the guy, as as I'm sure you do, you, you, you can pick up on certain little things with him. And he did. It was a it was a little rainy that night, and he had he had played a show that I missed two nights before that because I was working, and uh, a, a, a show that was supposed to be really, really, really terrific. And uh, you know, I, I, and he was a little tired that night. Yeah. And um, but but if if you were anybody else or a, a, a new fan, you would know, right? Because it was still a killer show. He said, my, my daughter was amazed. At one point, he sat down on the on the drum riser and took his his boot off, and and the water that drained out of his boot from from sweating. Oh, how you know, funny! She, was, she could not believe how hard that man worked. You know. So, and uh, then she's gotten to see him a few times since then. And, and yeah, she, Bruce Bruce has her his uh, his own little
1: place in in, in her heart. That so, is awesome. What is the yeah. what is the last show you got to attend with him? That was that was uh,
0: the um, United States record holder. Yes. Which uh, September? 7th, I'm sorry, I, w- I was at the record holder, and I was there two nights later. So the, the okay. last show was the show after that. But yeah, the the record holder night was fantastic.
1: I imagine. It, I,
0: Oh, what he, he the, the first twelve songs were from seventy seventy three, right. you know, were off first two albums plus Thundercrack plus something else. But it it, it was a phenomenal opening, and uh, I was there with uh, great Union brothers and sisters of mine, yeah. and my daughter, and uh, and we had a blast. We just had we were down there pretty close to the stage on the field and uh I, I, I actually had a close my, my closest run-in with Bruce we me and me and Michael who's, who's the president of my uh local, we before the show started, we went off to go use the bathroom that the that the folks that put in the show can use. yeah, you know, and so we, we, get, there, we get we each do our business, and I, I'm op- pulling open the door to exit the bathroom. Michael's behind me, and I can hear the golf cart coming. So I, I, I just started to step out and the golf cart, and there it is. There, there's Bruce. <laughs> there's Bruce in the golf cart. <laughs> and so I, I make sure there's not another golf cart coming, and, uh, and, and sure enough, there was. And the, the rest of the band, yeah. and they all line up. And now I, me and Michael walk around, and I got to go, have a great show. <laughs> and, and back out onto the field i went and he went you he you know, he weighed, you, you know he was like, yeah.
1: now were you were were you able to help set were you involved with helping to put on the show for that one or just because here's, of your connection with the union
0: here's the deal with me no 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 i i we those are bought tickets we, we, we were able to. um i al always always buy tickets um uh, the uh the, the key there was, here, here's my thing. I don't work Springsteen. I only go to Springsteen. So the, the one, the one time I did put Springsteen in was, uh, I don't want to give the location because he does, it was a, re, uh, a rehearsal period. For me. Uh, and, uh, so I got to put that show in, and then they were there for like two, maybe three weeks, and then go back and take the show out. The unique experience I had in putting that show in, and, and, and he's got a great road crew. I mean, really, Sean McGovern, great guy. Uh, you get Todd, the lighting guy. Uh, Brad Brown, another lighting guy. John Cooper, his sound, his sound guy. These are really good, really good guys. Really good technicians and, uh, and a pleasure to work with. But the one thing I got to do that was unique uh, when we put that uh, uh, rehearsal show in was <laughs> Bruce, Bruce's mic, if you don't know, sets into the stage for when he likes to hang off it. Right. Yes. Uh, so it, it's not like any other micro, uh, mic stand on, on the stage. Right. So that that is bracketed braced under underneath the stage. to make sure that that is okay, they needed somebody to go stand in Bruce's spot at that mic, yes and and, and, and put some weight on it and you know and, and make some moves on it. yeah, and I was the guy. oh I was fine. So, so I got to stand there in position and, and you know stop my feet on oh whoa, three, <laughs> yeah yeah just like you are laughing i was having the time of
1: my life oh children. i bet it
2: was, it was cool i bet it was cool um yeah.
1: well I, I gotta ask you so what do you think of the new album so i'm,
0: I'm only one i'm only one list full listen through so far my, nothing my, wrong with my, that my, i understand but my, my, my daughter got it for me for my birthday so that was very nice of her and yes. uh she's always doing good stuff what a great human being but um she uh, so so last night driving, I uh took a nice drive and listened to the listen to the album start to finish, and uh, and it's a quality album. I i i i enjoy it. There's a couple standout moments. I i i think the title cut's really really good. Um, the ghost song, yeah, you know, I enjoy. Um, the the and, and the lead the lead cut was a nice little mellow piece. I, I, I wasn't expecting that as, as the opening piece. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it's a nice cool tune. So, you know, like like, like anything, you know, you got to give it a few listens through. But Absolutely, got to
1: live with it. I, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I'm struck by, and I, I said this recently when I was talking to Terry Smith, who does the Music Talks podcast, that um, I think if I was a priest – is what uh, Outlaw Pete should have been, <laughs> you know, because right, there's yeah. both a little bit of Western. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I picture Burning Train is kicking off, like when, when they're coming up on stage, right. And the, and the house lights go down, uh-huh. I could just see them going into Burning Train the yeah. same way. Like when they released Meet Me in the City, you know, for the, Box, you know, and it was like just a great way to start a show. I see Bernie Train starting.
0: Of all the songs I've ever heard him open with. Yeah. "Beat Me in the City might be the best song I've ever heard him open a show up with.
1: You, I will not argue with you. I agree with that. It's (laughs) that good. It, it,
0: it, 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 It sets the mood, it sets the night perfect.
1: Yeah. it really did and you know like um i was lucky enough to go to four of the river tours where he did the full album and then he went to europe and then he came back and then i was uh, lucky enough the only time i've seen him in jersey was just a couple nights before your philly show where he set the record because that second night in jersey he went almost four hours, or bent four hours. It was oh, as close. Okay. It was, and then he officially, yeah, and then he officially right. broke it a, uh, like a day or two in Philly, and right. but when they would come out and do that, meet me in the city, and then we, they would do the instrumental, and he goes, we're gonna take you down to the river, you know, and he's kind of the introduction of the whole night. And then they go into that music. I agree. It is as a strong, a start of a oh, yeah. show. You can't, I totally agree with you.
0: It really is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that, yeah. How, how is, how long have you been able to go to Springsteen shows?
1: So um, great question. I, um, because of my circumstances, I was a casual fan. Um, like in, I first heard about him in 80, and this was uh, when my wife's – my wife had a friend who was going to school up in the East Coast. And she came back – this was like in 1980 – and talking about there's this guy, Bruce Springsteen, that just everyone (laughs) loves. And she – and so I ended up buying the river, and like everyone else, I heard Hungry Heart, and then um, bought Born in the USA – like everyone in America, I remember buying Tunnel Love and buying the box set, uh, but that was about it. Then I kind of faded away, and then um, when when he toured, I I didn't like think about seeing him for Ghost of Tony Jode, because you know I didn't move until Dallas to like '86 and you know so for anyway various circumstances 2002 the rising tour when he comes to dallas was the first time i'd had a chance to see him
0: wow
1: yeah and doc i i've told this story multiple times i think there's two kinds of people the people that see bruce their first time and go wow that was a long show and then the other people (laughs) that go oh my goodness I have to go see him every time I can. And I was the second. And And, seeing...
0: There's there's a lot of truth in what you just said there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so once I heard him in the rising... And I had bought the album, but I had not, like you, I had listened to it just once, kind of casually, uh-huh. a couple times, so I felt like I didn't do my homework. Like, when I we went to that gig, I didn't know anything, so then when Devils and Dust came out, I listened to that thing over and over again, uh-huh. and when he came out on you know, solo, I was ready. I had my ticket, and I knew every song that he was going to do, right. and, then, that's awesome. and then just slowly but surely became... You know, more obsessed. So, right. um, so I think I've seen him 16 times, um, including I got lucky enough to see him one time on Broadway, which was just oh, a right. pure, a pure gift. Just I ended up getting a ticket. And my wife said we have no business spending the money, but there's no way I'm going to tell you no. Like, right. you know, well, if we can figure out a cheap flight, because you know, from Dallas, I can't just take a train, you know, but we yeah, found I'm a sure. cheap flight. Oh, you we yeah. found a cheap flight. We found a cheap hotel for me and I was able to go and it was just something's pretty awesome. special. You
0: got to see that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I did, I did not make that show. Um, I can't, and I can't believe how long it went on for. It was, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was, it was.
0: So, so when Netflix releases the show, right? Yeah. But my, my, my daughter was up in Brooklyn. That's where she's living now. And, uh, so I darkened the house as dark as I could make it. I got a folding chair, sat it in the middle of my living room, and went to Netflix and pushed play. And that was, that was my theatrical experience with, uh, with the Broadway show.
1: And, that, and I
0: created and I it immensely.
1: That is awesome. That is so much fun. That was so good. Uh, yeah, you
0: know- that had to be a real – personal personal experience being in that theater when, when it went on
1: it was and um, I had um, and there were a couple moments where um, I was so um, in 2015 I had been diagnosed with colon cancer and I'm fine now I'm in remission but you know I've had surgery and and so you know Better Days and Land of Hope and Dreams were two songs that I just, I played over and over and over again. Sure. And so to hear sure. him do that acoustical version of Dancing in the Dark and going to Land of Hope and Dreams, that kind of segue, and right. was just amazing. It, it was just wonderful right. to hear it live.
0: Okay, yeah. and that, and that, that's nice to those songs that, that, that help. Yeah. It builds you up as you went through that. Absolutely. That's uh,
1: now, it's how about you? Tough. You, you've mentioned you've had your own struggles and you've had your well, own yeah. challenges. Are there songs yeah. that have helped you get through tough times?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic and, uh, um, was hooked on the methamphetamine there for about 22 years too. So oh, wow. I'm not sure, not sure if I was a, uh, a, a drug addict or just a wide awake alcoholic, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> either way it got done and, uh, and fortunately, I was still alive when uh, when it came time to uh, put your drink down and uh, and uh, find out what, what, what life without that is all about. And uh, so, you know, there has always been, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of times throughout my drinking history that, uh, you know, I was riding high in April and shot down in May. Yeah. And more often than not, there was a lot of shot down in May and uh it was it was bruce's doctor's of town album the, the entire album that that nearly 43 minutes of music that uh was always my driving force to pick myself up by bootstraps you know you know and, and and get on with life you know go back and face life and uh and, you know and, and and try to be as successful as you can in this world and uh, with its people and, and you know to try not to uh, hurt the people that you care about um, but until I put the drink down once and forever one day at a time for good um, I was going to keep you know having that shot down in May experiences yeah. and uh, but Bruce's Darkness album is something that that I would turn to that would often lead me out of the darkness and back into the light uh, and put me back with my friends and my family and, uh, and 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 have a good turn for a while until once again shot down in May uh, well and then
1: congratulations yeah. on your sobriety um,
0: Sorry, not, I, I guess, trust me
1: it is I know uh, my brother is in the program and I, I know the struggle. Mm -hmm. Um, that he has had Um, I've certainly had uh, my share of I've never had that um, specific challenge but um, you know uh, I certainly have my um, my addictions you know I've struggled with my weight my whole life and and health you know the health things that come from that and and I know it is it is, it is a difficult path, my friend. And so, well, well done. And I know it is a struggle every day, but, um, I, you know, I appreciate you sharing that with us.
0: Yeah. Uh, if that, and thank you for your work. I appreciate that. And, and please know that, that today is not a struggle where that's concerned. That's and, nice. And, 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 and I'm a fortunate guy for that. And I, and I, I got a lot of help. I continue to get help, uh, with that just by being involved with people. Um, you know, and,
1: what I found interesting and kind of leading right that is how honest Bruce was in his book yes. about his depression, you know, Absolutely. and in all the interviews. And I think that's a really strong thing to share. And to go back to our sports analogy, right, like Dak Prescott, the, the quarterback that just got hurt with the Cowboys, he had shared how with his – he lost his mother to colon cancer. His brother had committed suicide, and he was sharing how – he was fighting depression, and he was getting help mm-hmm. for it, and and Skip right. Bayless made fun of him because, hey, that isn't how you show strength, and and to be fair, as a whole, almost everyone in sports fans, you know, totally said Skip Bayless, you're full of s, you know, yeah, that, that is that, exactly
0: all you need to know about Skip Bayless. Yeah,
1: yeah, it just it and and so I I think I think to. Bruce's credit, he's open about how he, you know, through therapy and and through medication, he's fought his demons. And um, like he talked about at Western Star, there was a time in his life if he loved you, he was going to hurt you before you could Mm -hmm. hurt him. Sure. And I think we've all done those kind of foolish things as, you know, in our life struggle. So good for you. Very nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and good for Bruce. And, and, you know, I think Bruce holds back a little bit because I guess he's, you know, I guess he's not so sure how much he has helped people, not just with his music, but, but with revealing that. And, and, and I'm sure there's people out there that hold that heard that Bruce suffered from depression and went, what the hell's he got to be depressed about? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and, and I, you know, there's, there's a disconnect sometimes with with human beings and their understandings of uh of of of, of what what price fame has on it, and uh, that the people that are famous started out just like you and me, you know.
1: And, well said, uh, Doc. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and 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 they carry all that stuff inside them, and all the houses they were born into, and and the families and the struggles of, of, of those. Those people in their lives and you know I, I I got a brother right now who just got diagnosed uh, my brother Joe who uh, he just got diagnosed with the prostate cancer mm. and uh, but he you know, he's going to be okay you know we got confidence he's getting surgery next month and uh, you know my, 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 my sister's certainly been through her trials and tribulations and uh, you know they're good people good people yeah um,
1: I, I hope your brother's doing okay yeah, he is. It is good. So um talk to me if when he tours again. Are there sure. songs that you haven't got to see live that you want to hear?
0: Here's here here's my song that I would like to see him play live with the band that I have never seen him play.
1: The song you're chasing. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's a tough one because its lyrics are part are are the body of another song. Mm -hmm. So the the song I want played live is "Living on the Edge of the World." Okay, okay, you're familiar with that song? Sure. Yeah, so but it's it's got all the lyrics of State Trooper in it. Yes, from But 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 it's a real uh, like kind of like a. upbeat, punk type of, of sure, sound. Sure, absolutely. It, 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 I, I would just love to watch him and the band play that and watch him on vocals doing that song. I think that would be a blast to see.
1: That is um, great. That's a good choice. Yeah. All right, yeah. so Doc, what have I not asked you that I should have?
0: <laughs> um, let's see.
1: You didn't ask me what my favorite album was. Okay. Well, I assumed it was darkness. You had mentioned how much darkness it yeah, meant to you, so it, it does. Uh, okay. It, 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 it's
0: it's my go-to for when I need redemption in this world. Yeah. Okay. Um, but 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 start to finish. Yes. Ly- lyrically, lyrically speaking, I love Nebraska. Yeah. I just love that album. Um, it's it, you know. From from the from the first her, harmonica pitch, uh, it just it really it, it captured me then in 1982. I was a young man, yeah. and uh, yeah, I remember the date he came on September 20th, 1982. It, you know, it just um, it, it has always stayed with me. It, it, it is that uh, what I play in the car after 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, yeah, and and, and, and then of course you, you know. Born to Run is, sure. is, is a remarkable album. And uh, the, I, I did that thing re- recently on its anniversary where I, 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 I tried to clear my mind of all the times I've ever heard the album and listened to it fresh, as fresh mm-hmm. as I could. And, and it, 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 it's a spectacular album, just spectacular piece of rock and roll. So
1: that, that's, that's interesting. And, you know, um, I don't know if you watched the um, – the interview that was just recently on YouTube. I can't remember the actor, but there was a guy that just did an interview with him and he picked, Bruce picked up the guitar and says, yeah, I wrote most of Nebraska with this guitar and he started playing oh, cool. it. So, yeah, cool. um, I'll send you the link uh, so you can check it out if you haven't I, seen I, it. I have
0: seen a few things. I, 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 I listened to the Conan podcast Yes, and, and I saw him on Colbert. Yes. Last uh, yes, week, the, the the Conan podcast was fun. That was that was a lot was, of fun. It was. I thought that
1: was really good. I thought I agree.
0: Yeah, it was really I, fun. On the Colbert, he, you know, he started singing the song and forgot the words. That was yes. great. That was, that was a great little moment in history. That was <laughs> so
1: right. funny. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that is so good. Um. All right, so. It's time for the Mary question. So uh, for those of you who have not heard the podcast before, um, the Mary question is, Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every year he has his um, students uh, take two days and they take Thunder Road and break it down as a poem. They review the lyrics he talks about the imagery in the song he talks about uh, it's compared to Robert Frost the road not taken and go through all this meanings of the song and at the end of the two days uh, Jay asked this class so at the end of the song does Mary get in the car so doc that is your question does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road
0: there is no way she does not get in the car.
1: There you go. Get the car, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You, uh, you just that's that's it, no thought, right?
0: it's a, it, it's it's a no brainer for. There's no way that the Mary I know does not get in that car. All
1: right. Yeah. There we go. Yep, nope. Asked and answered. Very good. <laughs> what say you? Um. I am an optimist, so I believe she does. Um, I I ask this at the end of every podcast, and uh, about 60% say yes, about 40% say no. Uh, And uh, there's been a lot of different reasons. Um, I have heard um, one of my favorites is that um, she gets in the car, yes, and that Moonlight Motel from Western Stars
2: is oh, yeah. when
1: he's celebrating. Uh, that's that's Mary. He's mourning Mary's death because they got in the car, went all the way to California. It's been alive together. Right. Um, another person said, "Well, absolutely, you because um, in racing in the street when they talks about um, my baby's on my her father's porch. That's the same porch that's on Thunder Road. Yeah. So right. absolutely, right. yeah." Huh. Doc, this was a blast. I had so much fun. I hope you had a good time.
0: Same here. No, absolutely. It's, you know, you know, I could go on with you for hours and hours, but you you have a show to cut and edit. And, <laughs> yes, and I, I
1: understand do. That. So
0: There's, you know, one, one thing I know for sure: show, show start, and show end.
1: uh you yes, because you're you're a professional. Um, thank you, sir. I want to end with tonight. I'll be on that hill because I can't stop. I'll be on that hill with everything I got lies on the line where dreams are found and lost. I'll be there on time and I'll pay the cost for wanting things that can only be found in the darkness on the edge of town.
0: Fantastic, Jesse. Great way to clear it
1: out. Thank you, Thank my you brother. So much. You be good. You be safe. Listeners, you be safe. Be careful. Remember to wear an and mask. Take will care do. of yourself and we will talk to you soon. You just say, I mean, take care of you, you and your, your family, please. Take care. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. That is the one, the only Set Listing Bruce. Set and Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.